wonderful boys and girls, and welcome back to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I'm Sheree Hardy, and I enjoy reading to you. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I will continue reading M. V. Higgins the Great. It was written by Virginia Hamilton, and it was honored with a Newbery uh, Award. If you have this book, feel free to follow along, but if you don't have it, it's okay. Get in a very comfortable place, just get relaxed, and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. Does it mean something pretty, M.C. asked. They sat close and still. It might just mean something too awful to forget, Joan said. We'll never know. M.C. felt awed by the past's enormous mystery. Is there more about Sarah, he asked. Just only two more things, Joan said. The one is that there's an old title I have to this mountain slope. Show it to you sometime. Says Deed, Deeded Free Simple from McElroy Lands to Sarah McHiggin, 1854. McHiggin, MC said, he was the one she married, but he was sold away from her. That was maybe one reason she ran in the first place. Mike Higgins, and then later in Granddaddy's time, changed to Higgins. Man, I sure don't remember hearing about that, M.C. said softly. I must have told you, Joan said, but you were little. Man, M.C. said again and then. What's the other thing? You said there were two things. He looked at Jones, and Jones looked at him. You can believe it, Jones began or you can misbelieve it. But I know, and your mama knows, times in the heat of the day, when you're not thinking much or nothing, when you are resting quiet, trees dusty still, you can hear Sarah, a laboring up the mountain, the baby whimpering. She say, shh, shh, like a breeze, but no breeze, no movement. It's just only Sarah, as of old. I know, M.C. said simply. You know, Joan said. When I'm all alone, M.C. told him, up on my pole, all of a sudden I know she is coming. Yes, Lord, Joan said. It scared me so, M.C. said. Don't you be afraid, Joan said quietly, for she not show you a vision of her. No ghost. She climbs external just to remind us that she hold claim to me and to you and each one of us on her mountain. They fell silent. Between them now was the feeling Jones had spoken about. M.C. recognized its nameless certainty. Whatever happened would be the same for both of them. For a moment he believed that, but truth had its way. How the same, M.C. thought, if he won't leave the mountain. Abruptly, he said, Daddy, sing that song again. Jones chanted again, flapping his knee on the offbeat. Oh, bola, kupayani, dinamagama, odekano. When he had finished, Jones turned to MC. You've always lived here, he said. The children can stay put forever if they want, raise their families, whatever. But you are the one responsible. I know, M.C. said. He could feel the rope within that bound him to the mountain. It was always there, like a pressure on his mind. 
you figure you will want to leave someday? Jones asked him. Never let him say thought of going away from his family. He knew only that they all had to leave the mountain. Maybe someday, he managed to say. Maybe tomorrow, the next day, Jones asked him. It'll be a while. What you figure you're waiting for, Jones said, with a glint of play in his eyes. Maybe to see what will happen, MC said vaguely. You'll be here a long while, Jones said. He laughed. Maybe not so long. You see something then? MC sighed. I try to tell you, he said. Nothing like reading the future. Then what's it like? Sadly, MC searched for the words. See it when something's to happen. Feel the whole thing in my mind. I say, do you feel something? Do you see it? Jones asked. The spoil heat is going to slide. There you go again, like a broken record, Jones said. You asked me, MC said. Now, if the spoil fell, Jones said, would it have to hit the house? No, MC said slowly. But it could. It probably would. Since it's been there, has any bit of it ever fallen? No, MC had to admit. You'll be here a long while, Jones said, smiling to himself. Maybe not, MC said under his breath. Jones began another tune. At first, MC thought it was going to be the one with the strange words, but it wasn't. There she stands by my side. It's a cold and clear evening. Don't she look just like my bride? On a cold, clear evening? Hug her and kiss her and call her my own. And she just married me. On a cold, on a cold, on a cold, clear even evening. He sang the verse over and over. MC wished he would stop. He blurted out, better get over there. Wait on the road for Mama. MC's mother always did catch a ride over the bridge on the one road that went in and out of Harrington before it veered west. You worry too much, Joan said. I haven't forgot your mama yet. Did you get your day's pay? MC asked him. Now you're worrying about my pay. Jones said. I'll keep it for you. Leave it, MC said. There were drinking places in Harrington. Suddenly he feared Jones would spend the money on something foolish, although he rarely did. I could leave it, Jones said, and you might cut out of these bills, these hills tonight with it while I'm gone. At once he looked as if he regretted the words. Don't always worry so hard, he said by way of apology. Wouldn't want Mama to have to come all that way home by her lonesome, MC said. He fell silent and closed his eyes. Jones had turned to wash his face. MC could tell. And deep with MC, within MC, could feel darkness like thick trees and something else that he could not name. Jones stepped off the porch. Don't worry so hard, he repeated. I can't collect my pay until around afternoon tomorrow. Meantime, he finished around in one of his pockets. He handed, his hand appeared again, clutching coins. Jones counted them one by one, whispering over them. Here's most of the dollar, I promise. Oh, you 17 cents. Dollar, dollar, MC could feel his throat seem to thicken. Take it, Jones said. He grabbed MC's hand and tried to pour the coins in. MC jerked his hand away. I'm not going to take your last cent. Take it, Jones said. I get me some pay tomorrow. 
I can't do nothing with it up here anyway, MC said. Take it. No, he yelled with just desperate anger and love for his father welling inside him. We don't have even some milk for the kids. Okay, okay, Joan said quietly. But he stood there a moment, as if searching for proper words to speak. None came to him, and he walked away from MC without a backward glance. MC sat with his eyes closed, hugging his legs. He rested his chin on his knees. He listened until he could no longer hear his father moving down through the hot silence that was Sarah's mountain at this time of day. Thoughts and sights flitted in and out of his mind. He pictured great-great-grandmother Sarah running swiftly, carrying something. She tripped and fell, something splattered bloody on the ground. MC shuddered. The vision shifted. He saw the spoil and Jones trapped in it, with mud oozing into his ears. MC shook his head rapidly to dislodge the painful sight. He thought about leaving the mountain where he would go, what he would do. Still, he could not imagine leaving without the whole family with him. Woven through his thoughts was the sound of Jones singing of courting MC, trying, humming to himself. But he couldn't get rid of the sound. Nothing, not even his pole, could keep him away from the sad feeling, the lonesome blues of being grown, the way either his mother or his father could could with their singing. Wistfully, he wondered if he'd ever care about someone the way Jones cared about his mother. Jones' song was still in his mind when he conjured up a picture of Benina, his mother. It was one of his favorite sights of her coming home from a far hill late. It was MC's birthday. They had known she would bring something for a present. They were all there on the side of Sarah's waiting. There were the kids, and there was Joan, trying to look as if he weren't waiting for her half of his life, but not trying too hard. Because Jones didn't mind waiting for Benina forever if he had to. But it was Macy's, Pearl, who hurt most for her mother, who ached for her through every minute of every day without her. They all would see Benina at the same moment, coming over the last hill across from Sarah. They would see her in the last light of evening. The sun had gone down over her left shoulder. Dust came quickly where the hills shut out the light. There was not even a streak of purple gossamer where the sun had grown, gone down. She had walked all the way from the river road where it left Harrington and turned westward. It had taken her most of an hour walking hard. Even though she went down the sides of the hills and along passes, she walked mostly on the upward path. In the pale light, her yellow dress looked white. She paused at the summit across the way. She had seen M.C. on his pole, even when she could not for certain recognize the others. His mother leaned back, cupping her hands around her mouth. A yodel cry like no other filled the air. For a moment, there was no sound other than that voice of hers, which seemed to fall from the sky. Yana look up, M.C. Adoda. It started low with a breath. Enough for a long, hard line. Olia mama homos olo. Meale, alea mesio leos. The voice went up the scale with perfect lightness and control. 
Mama, Macy Pearl screamed. I see you, Mama, Mama. There had been laughter, half mocking, before his mother sang again. She waved MC, had let his pole, she waved. MC had let his pole out in a sweeping arc. Lenny, Poole, and Harper raised their arms. All right, we'll stop here and I will continue reading this book, M.C. Higgins the Great, written by award-winning author Virginia Hamilton. Take care, boys and girls. Have a great day.